awake and feeling good? All right, we're glad that everybody is here. If you're a first-time guest, we hold the Bible in high regard. And so, in the rows, uh, on, in, on each row and over on the lamp are Bibles. So if you didn't bring a Bible, go, go and grab one of those. That's our gift to you if you don't own it. Uh, we're actually going to start on page 700 of those blue Bibles. Or if you have your uh, regular Bible, we're in James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. So James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening at Church Project and going on right now. If you, were, if you went to First Wednesday last week, wasn't the food incredible? Okay, those were, that was good. First Wednesday, and then yesterday, went to Youth for Christ and uh, tore up skate ramps. Jack and I are buff beasts, right? Okay, actually, well, Jack is buff. I'm, I'm just a wimp. But we, we, t- we, we tore up a bunch of those skate ramps, and that was a lot of fun. I know the, the, uh, the Project Kids had a, had a play day at the park this last week, and so welcome to summer. We got a lot of cool things going on. I would say this, if, if you're not getting the Tuesday email that comes out, then on your chair is an information response card. If you'll put your email on that. And then every Tuesday, you get an email about what's going on at Church Project and how to get involved and and all that good stuff. So uh, we're a family moving together, and we want to see you in more places than here. Because though I'm good looking, it's a lot funner somewhere else when we're laughing. So let's let's do life beyond just Sunday morning monologue, okay? Hey, we're glad you're here. I want to jump in today because I think God has a very specific reason for us to be here. A very good message for each and every one of us. It's good to see our friend Robbie back for another week. We get to steal you one more week. Awesome. And he heads out next week or who knows, but I love you, bro. Good. Thanks for playing for us. James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. We're hitting two verses today, so follow along. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Uh-oh. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? James hits this passage. And if you know much about the book of James, it's it's the early church. And James is the half-brother of Jesus. And the church is starting to spread in the diaspora. Persecution is starting to happen. And this little church that's growing together, all kumbaya, like we love Jesus and we're a family thing, starts fighting. I know we never fight, do we? This isn't to people outside the church. This is a letter written to the church. People that call themselves Christians, followers of Christ. And James has noticed already just years, just a few years, a handful of years after Jesus has died and resurrected, only a handful of years, this thing called church starts fighting and bickering and having problems. And so the book of James is nothing more than James writing a letter to the church and saying, church, listen, here's how we live the life as Christians. And here's how we live life as Christians with each other and how we do this. And so what a great book to study as God is growing our little church project body here, right? As we're starting to do more and more things and house churches and, and YFC days and all these ministry partnerships and mission trips and all this stuff. As we grow, so does our conflict, and so does the way that we speak, and so does the way that, that we handle money. And See, we're growing together. And I don't know about your family, your actual literal family, but does your family have it all together or do they have issues? 
Just, just go ahead. Give, give, just give them a little one of those. Yeah. Say, we got it all together. Yeah. So as we grow together as a body of Christ, we will have issues that we have to work through. And James is obviously addressing issue today about not speaking evil against one another, our brothers. As Christians, we are living a life of freedom. Would you agree? Would you agree that as Christians, we stand and and we sing, we raise our hand and say, God, thank you for breaking those chains. Thank you, chains that were wrapped around me. Thank you for setting me free from sin. And So we live a life of freedom as a Christian. Would you agree? And so what's funny is James is the leader of the early church, and he's addressing this church. And and I, I don't feel sorry for the problem that he had. How do you lead free people? Have you ever thought about that? How do you lead free people? Church is such a hard thing to lead. Even church project. Church is such a hard thing to lead. It takes God holding it together for this very thing to work. Like, this is for God. This is from God. This is all about God. And no man called James No leadership called what we have at Church Project can hold this thing together. We're a bunch of free people running around. And how do we lead free people that are running around? It's not like a paycheck is bringing us here. There's no incentive for us to show up. James is is painting a picture, a grander vision. uh, vision. He's, He's pointing to a truth and asking free people to join together with him in action and in deed. He's saying, we're the church comprised of people that have been set free. Now let's rally together and run after the same cause to remember why we are free and to remember who has set us free. It's oftentimes in our freedom, our state of freedom, that we can think that this life is about us and our freedom and our joy. And all along, it's not. It's about Jesus and who he is, this whole thing, about who he is and how he set us free. As Christians, our chains are gone. Amen? Our chains are gone. We've been set free. We operate separate from the ways of the world. We're separate from the ways of the world. This is our reality. And also, the very mindset that can be used, this mindset can be used as an excuse to do what we want, you know, because we're free. So, this mindset can be used to, to, to give us an excuse to do what we want, when we want it, if we feel like we want it. We can come and go as we please, because we are free. We are able to live with very little commitment and buy-in. Because we are free, we can begin to think life is more about us and less about others. When we think too highly of ourselves, it is easy to think less about others. Pride begins to take root in our life, and our mouths are soon to follow. I remember when I lived in Oklahoma City, I worked for a church called LifeChurch.tv. Now it's just Life.Church. It, every year after year, it always gets the most innovative church in the world. Like it's 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 a pretty happening church. And one of my jobs was to speak to thousands of students. And so every week, I'd stand in front of a camera, a camera, and one person, <laughs> and I would give a message. 
Then the message would get satellited out to the 14 or so campuses across America and thousands of students. And, and so if you're a youth pastor, this is what you would say is the top of the game, right? Like you're, you're climbing the ladder of youth, youth pastor status. And I'm at Life Church. I'm rocking and rolling like I'm right here. It's funny how God takes us in those, in those moments that we've worked really hard at to get to. And he begins to ask us about our pride. It was also during this time that, that uh, I, for some reason, I really wanted to give our girls a good Christmas. You know, buy them stuff and toys and all this good stuff. So I took a job at Walmart, part-time job at Walmart, and I would work life church during the day, and in the evenings I would, I would stock shelves and do whatever they wanted at Walmart. And it's funny how during this stage where I'm speaking of thousands of people every single week that I entered into this department, and it was the, the floral department, or outside department, whatever they call that. And my manager was actually one of the students that I had in my, in my youth group. So I'm like, okay, pride check. Especially when he took me to the forklift. Now, he didn't know that I actually lived in Gunnison for a few years and operated excavators, bulldozers, backhoes, built roads in the mountains. But he took me to this, this forklift to train me how to operate this forklift. And he, I know he did his job. He walked step by step, like, make sure you step in on this side and put your belt on. And I'm like, oh, you kidding me. Like, come on. But I knew God had me there for a reason. He was teaching me a very important re- uh, lesson about pride. It's funny how God does that. But then I remember one time out in the parking lot at Walmart, and it was before they had those fancy little push button and you can push a thousand carts at a time you see them now they're lazy no i had to like push you know push and so it's 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 funny when you're in the parking lot and think about this and i challenge our church this week when you're in the parking lot and you're pushing these things you get looked at completely different than if i was the pastor speaking to a thousand people same person in fact i just left a campus where i was applauded and now i'm pushing shopping carts and you wouldn't believe the difference in which how i was treated and I got to know one of the guys out there that was pushing shopping carts with me. And by the way, he had just got his doctorate in some kind of, like, electrical engineering thing. Okay, probably the most brilliant dude in all of Walmart that showed up that day pushing carts, and he's happy to be in America for the first time. He can't wait to get his first job, just full of joy. And I watch people just shrug their shopping carts at him. It's funny how pride can sneak in, isn't it? It's funny how God can take us in moments and just teach us some very, very cool lessons. And I think James is, is bringing this up in our body. It's easy to be proud, easy to be proud when life is about us. It's easy to judge others when our poop doesn't stink. I mean, that's the Christian version. It's easy to judge when we are insecure and proud. Jesus, though, what did he do? He lowered his pride, he served, he encouraged, and he spoke truth in love. You know, that's the hardest part of being a pastor for me, speaking truth in love. Let me break it up. Speaking truth in love. How do you do those things? Ephesians 4.15 talks about that, speaking truth in love. This week, coming up, I'm going to have a life and death conversation with someone I already know, and it's been weighing on me all weekend, already. 
Because I know that my role in this relationship is to have a, 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 a moment this week where we have a conversation where I'm speaking truth and I'm doing it in love. My job as, as a pastor at Church Project is to shepherd us and to speak truth in love. And I know that when I speak boldly Scripture truth in love, I can only trust God for the outcome. I will probably be attacked for it, by the way. You will probably be attacked for it. People will probably distance themselves from me this week in this conversation. And it's a vicious cycle that wears me out. Speaking the truth in love. How do we do that as Christians? And James is looking at the church and saying, don't speak evil against one another, brothers. There's ways to talk. There's ways to communicate. James himself has just called his readers, if you look back just a chapter ago, what did he say? He called his readers adulterers and enemies of God. I mean, he's speaking the truth and he's speaking it in love. It is not wrong to condemn others for their actions if it does, if it does it, if you do it out of love and hope for their repentance. It's not wrong to do that. If the hope of what you're speaking is in truth and it's calling people to repentance. So let's look at our verses and I want to dive in a little deeper. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? As we look at verse 11, I think one of the top relational destroyers Things that will destroy our relationship more than anything is feeling judged in a relationship. This conflict can slowly deteriorate relationships. Unresolved issues, ill-spoken words. Have you ever been in a relationship where you look up and you know something has changed over the course of a week, a month, a year, and it wasn't where it used to be? Last week, James really hit us hard about conflict. This whole chapter is about conflict. And I don't know about you, but it has been a kick in my tail as James has been talking to the church about conflict. And remember last week what we talked about, if you weren't here, conflict really starts with your relationship with Christ. And James knows that the church is bickering and there's conflict amongst each other. Why? Because they're not happy with Christ. There's, there's conflict with their, themselves and Christ. Like there's conflict there. And if that's never right, then this will never be right. And so James is saying, get this right. Get your relationship with Christ right. Make sure you're in love with God because then you'll probably get this right as well. But there's no way you're going to be able to act this out if there's conflict between you and God. I love that kick in the pants. All conflict resolution starts right there, asking if you're alive in Christ. If you can answer that and say, I'm alive with Christ, God and I, we're good. If you can answer that, then then I want to give you uh, something that's been helping me, actually, in conflict resolution. And it's three H's. And we talk about this sometimes, but it's this. When you find yourselves in conflict and you find yourself at a point where you're, you're about to lash out or your tongue's about to go crazy and you're in conflict, then ask yourself these, these three H's. Is this honest? 
is this helpful and is this honoring? Try it. Next time you start getting into a conversation, is this honest? Because if you're anything like me, as soon as I start getting into conflict with someone, I exaggerate. I mean, I take it. I'm like, you always do that. Wait, that's not honest. Not always, but this time you did. I exaggerate. So you have to ask yourself, is this honest in my conflict right now? And the other, say, the other H is, is this helpful? Are you actually part of the cure or are you or part of the disease? In this conflict, are, are you trying to resolve this conflict? Is this helpful, what I'm saying right now, or is this just adding fuel to the fire? And then the third H is, is, is this honoring? Woo! That one hits me a lot. Is what I'm saying in this conflict honoring that person, this scenario, whatever it may be? Honoring. Church, this is one of the things I'm praying over church project quietly. Well, now it's verbally. Now you know I'm praying this over church project. Is that we would be a people that honor each other. Big time honor. You know? That we hold each other in high regard. That we think highly of each other. That we honor each other. The efforts that we put forth in this thing called the body of Christ moving together. That we would be a people that honors highly each other. One other thing that I, I say often about conflict. And it goes directly with these verses that we're reading today about our mouths. Is this. They. That person. They are in charge of their character. We are in charge of their reputation. They're in charge of their character. There's nothing that we can do about their character except maybe speaking truth and loving them and helping them grow or whatever it may be and not being proud, but we're in charge of their reputation. Church, even in this room, who have we talked badly about? All we're doing is, sh- is shredding their, their reputation every time that we do that. And James is looking, he's saying, don't speak evil against one another, brothers. Like, why are we going around behind each other's back and, and just ripping people? Don't do that. The one who speaks against a brother or j- against a brother judges his brother and has evil thoughts against the law and judges the law. Well... It's much easier to see gossip in other people than to admit we gossip, isn't it? James charges us to stand against our culture by refusing to harm others by our talk, the way that we talk. So in Leviticus 19.17, this is where James is quoting back to, Leviticus 19.17. This is how it reads, And keep in mind, this is only possible by God. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor, frankly, so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The only way I can love my neighbor is myself. Submit to God because I can't do it. I'm full of pride. I'm all about my comfort, and I need God's help to do that. Let's look at verse 12. 
Verse 12, there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to, to judge your neighbor? Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two says this, For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. It's all about the Lord. It's not about us at all. When we think we have the right to judge other people, we're holding them hostage to our relational junk. When we think that we're better because they're pushing a shopping cart and we're driving an SUV with our bachelor degree, though they have a doctorate. Don't be empowered by your entitlement, church. Be empowered by your title, who you are. You're forgiven, you're loved, you're a child of God. Love that song, Jeremy. You're a child of God. That's why you're empowered by your title, not by your entitlement. We have access to God. Almighty Christian, we have access to God. We are a child of God. We are not God. So why do we judge like we are? We are not God. We are not the judge. Who do we think that we are when we say that we're above someone else? I've made many mistakes in relationships of judging other people. And I apologize. I apologize to you. I apologize to you. It's what happens in relationships. When we love and we're brothers and sisters, guess what we do? We hope the best for each other. We call each other to greatness, but there's times we cross the line, isn't there? Let's not judge. Let's love. And a mistake in this area doesn't mean you're ruined. Doesn't mean it's over. Doesn't mean that relationship is trash. A mistake in this area means you get to start over. It means you get to go and you get to ask for forgiveness. You get to move forward saying, let's do this thing together. Let's spur each other on to love and good deeds. And I would say this, church, individually and as a church, our best days are ahead. Our best days are ahead relationally in this place right now. Though we may have had conflict, and though we will continue to have conflict, we're learning how to do this, speak truth and love, and do relationships the way God's asked us to do it. And so when I wrong you, guess what? Kick my tail, but I'm so sorry. And I'll try to do better next time. Help me speak truth and love. Let's pray for each other. Let's enter house churches together and be in very real relationships. Our best days are ahead. And the way that they're ahead is that we will thrive if we lock eyes with God. Individually, if we're locking eyes with God, we will thrive as a relationship here, even in our conflicts. When we're being honest, helpful, honoring. We're watching after each other's reputations. Guys, we're going to move together in a beautiful way as he gets the glory and the credit of his body being a beautiful bride. Is that what you long for? That's what I want to be a part of, church. That's what James is calling us to the table on, is saying, watch the way that we speak. Mm -hmm.